I'm Eli Smith, and I don't cry at movies, but I want to. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I cry at movies all the time. It is now my job to make Eli cry at movies. From best pictures... And purely nostalgia. This is... Live and let cry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live and Let Cry, a monthly podcast maxi-series to find a movie to make Eli Smith cry. I'm Cody Lunsford. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the 2007 Pixar movie about rats in the kitchen, Ratatouille. But before that, let's say hello to Mr. Dry Eyes, Eli Smith. Hello. Hello, Eli. I got rats on the brain. But, but are they in your kitchen is the important question. Not that I'm aware of, but those those images of, of rats crawling around, that could be enough to, to make a boy cry. Just all of those rats it in the kitchen. It could be. It could be. You know what makes me cry adjacent to Ratatouille? It's the fact that the Disney parks closed for a while, and there was supposed to be a Ratatouille ride that opened this year, but it has been mm. delayed indefinitely. And what, what is the ride going to be? So they actually already have it in Paris, which makes sense. Yeah. But um, it's basically you're in like a little rat ride car, and it's essentially the sequence in this movie where um, Remy is like running under all the stuff and all the people are big and he's almost running into things mm-hmm. in the kitchen and stuff like that. So it puts you in the perspective of like the um, the, the the rat like vantage point. Um, I mean, I could go into detail about like how it's a unique ride system that uses trackless and all of that. But, you know, I don't think that the is this show this is a show that is focused on crying mm-hmm. specifically trying to make you cry um so related to that eli how mm-hmm. are you i'm pretty good um still haven't cried so oh that's a spoiler mm. already <laughs> uh, that's okay <laughs> you know ratatouille did not make me cry and neither did anything else um in the last couple weeks since we've recorded so how about you um i am trying to i need to start it, so this this exercise that we're doing is really kind of messing with my brain a little bit because any time that uh-huh. I cry, I'm like consciously like thinking about it. And I had the thought, I was like, should I write it down to bring it up on the show? And I was like, no, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> to like monetize, <laughs> not monetize, we're not getting paid, but to to yeah. exploit the uh, anytime I cry in like real life. So I was trying to think though, if there was any kind of media that made me cry recently. And I'm going to have to go to Letterboxd. I didn't see any commercials that made me cry this this uh, this week, which typically um, is something that would do it. Um, You're an I did watch person. Beverly Hills Chihuahua recently. Oh, that, that didn't do it for you? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that didn't do it for me. I did watch, okay, I did watch Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, a movie that wants you to cry uh-huh. so very much. Uh, and it's bad, Eli, so I didn't cry at all. Um, that's based on a book, right? It's based on a book, and the book's not terrible from what I remember, um, but the movie is maybe one of the worst things the Academy Awards wow. have has ever like nominated. It's, it's, it's pretty atrocious. Um, I do want to talk to you about you have started reading the Animorphs books, which <laughs> you brought up on your podcast, Purely yes. Nostalgia. Um can can I get you to uh, commit to if you cry at the end of your animor- animorphs journey, we will have uh-huh. an entire episode dedicated to you uh, reading the last book of animorphs and crying. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's like fifty four of the books, so it would be a pretty 
long time away, even though they're short books, like, um, I don't feel, I feel yeah. like I'll probably take breaks now and then. So it's going to take me a while to get through all the Animorphs books. Even if we've like ended the show, I think we should come back for a, for an Animorphs. <laughs> Just uh, come back for an Animorphs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, here, have you ever cried at a book or teared up at a book? That's an interesting question. No. I, yeah. No, I thought about it for one second and then went absolutely not. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know that I really have either. I, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about like reading the last Harry Potter book or I don't know. Nobody else our age reads anything other than that. <laughs> Maybe Twilight. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. There's many smart people. <laughs> I, I hate millennials. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> millennials. Um, Gen, Gen Z. Blah. Um, I, I stand with my parents when uh, I rep Gen X. No, I don't. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't really read at book or I don't really read at books. I don't really cry at books. Mm-hmm. I get like emotionally like moved, but I don't really cry. The caveat to that is I have cried at comics. Comic books. I knew you there were was a that. Spider-Man. Because <laughs> you're a big nerd. I'm a big dumb nerd, and like I don't know why. I I guess I need some kind of visual component. Like I my imagination doesn't do enough to make me cry. So like yeah. the comics does it for me more i don't i don't really know but that makes sense i remember um being pretty emotional coming toward the end of the lord of the rings trilogy which i read twice once Mm. in like early high school and then once my senior year and i remember reading it well it was the summer before my senior year and like just reading those books feels like such a journey that like when you finish them, you feel mm-hmm. like you are well, like when they get to Mordor, you feel like you were on that journey with them. And I remember feeling just so right, like relieved <laughs> to or not relieved to be done with the books, right. but like relieved to be to that point in the story. That I, that's like the most emotional experience I can remember from reading a books. But I definitely didn't cry at yeah. that. I I cried during that because my eyes watered because. Uh, my 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 eyes were looking at the dang pages for so long because those books are so yeah. Long. It's nothing. That's nothing. I <laughs> uh, I have read those books and I do like them. Um, they didn't really get a huge emotional response. For if it. you really liked them, you would have a tattoo of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> I know. Um. Oh, okay. That 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 was the thing. Um. Yeah. Sometimes I I feel like a poser talking to people sometimes about Lord of the Rings because they yell at me about like extended editions and Tom Bombadil and I just I cannot. I'm too sleepy to like uh get real worked up about Tom Bombadil or books or extended. Last editions. thing I'll say about Lord of the Rings <laughs> before we move on is Tom Bombadil should not have been in the movies. Makes no sense that why do people think I that agree. he should have been? He's I a great character in the books. Shouldn't have been in the movies. Anyway, Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> sometimes adaptation. Oh man, we're just we we've got to get people primed and angry before they chillax with uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we watched Ratatouille. Um, is this movie good, Eli? This movie is so good. This is one of one of the great movies. <laughs> I love this movie so much, and I think that's. <laughs> we we wanted to do this movie because it was we were trying to think of something that we knew that had had a an almost success rate for me like in at least bringing me close right. to crying and this was one of the like top four or five movies that I could think of um and yeah I think it's a great 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 movie yeah I absolutely adore it it is n- what's what's interesting is it is 
you know, I, I think it's outstanding. Five stars, two thumbs up, etc. But at the same time... I'm about to say, but it's overrated. I don't think it's overrated, okay. actually. Because I have seen a lot of people be like, oh, it's lesser Pixar, which that is insane. Crazy. I am a part of an arguably cursed Facebook group that is... Uh, <laughs> adults who like Disney World and they will ask questions about Disney movies sometimes and people were like what are the worst Disney movies and I like was like all right I'll check this out because I had just seen Beverly Hills Chihuahua um <laughs> and the the first two I saw were Ratatouille and Wally and I was like I'm good actually <laughs> this sucks um yeah. But I, so I, I do love it, and I think it gets a little undervalued, even by me sometimes. But I will still say, I don't think it's my favorite Pixar. Um, and it's also not my favorite movie from Brad Bird. It, it's interesting how much I like it yeah. and how it still falls around like four to six on each one of those. I think it's my, list. I think it's my second favorite Pixar and third favorite Brad Bird. Um, Incredibles is so. Incredibles is your first, and then Iron Giant would right. be probably number two on Brad Bird list, and then Ratatouille. Right, Iron Giant's number two. Interesting. I don't know. It's it's neck and neck with Incredibles. They're almost tied for me. Right. I thought we both had maybe the same favorite movie. Um, if people put a gun to our head and made us pick a favorite movie, I, I think there was probably a period in time where I said that was true and then i rewatched incredibles mm. and i'm like i don't know <laughs> I, I think they're both perfect so. <laughs> i don't know incredibles is good yeah. but incredibles doesn't make me cry there there's no, nothing not really in incredibles that kind of elicits that reaction yeah. whereas iron giant is kind of a go-to every time i watch it it makes me cry we just have both covered have you covered it no on we haven't Nostalgia? i can't remember nope okay um but we have talked about it on best pictures so we were like mm. let, let, let's let's hit ratatouille um, the thing that kind of stuck out to me while watching this is there are, I think the movie's great all the way through, but I think there are specific sequences in this movie that I would call perfect, like legitimately perfect sequences, uh-huh. which are like when, when Remy first walks in, like runs into the restaurant and everything is going haywire. That's why they're basing a ride on it. It's a really good moment. Yeah. I think the moment where Remy is cooking for the first time in the kitchen and then Laguini sees him, that's a perfect moment of him like throwing everything in. Uh, the training montage where like you, you, Remy is figuring out how to control Linguini and um, he's making all the stuff in the um, in his apartment and stuff like that, um, I think is. An absolutely incredible sequence. I, um, I think the last like ten mo- ten minutes of the movie are also perfect. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't really think of a sequence that I don't think is perfect, to be honest. But but that last few minutes um, is what really stands out. And then the like the really quick flashback in his eyes of him as a kid. That's like what eight seconds or something like that and they tell a whole story and that yeah and then just from there on to the end is so good so how much uh background lore information do you want to dive into um because remy doesn't speak to linguini which i think is a very good choice Mm -hmm. i think it's like to me it makes the movie work a million times more than if remy just talked to him the whole time um and what's interesting is right after this, Pixar makes Wally, which mm-hmm. 
Wally doesn't really talk the whole time. It's kind of a silent movie for the first 40 minutes. This was in the period of time where Disney had not bought Pixar. Okay. And their deal had kind of ran out. So Ratatouille, Wally, and Up were the three movies that they were in the process of making that they were potentially going to sell to other studios. So it's the ones where they kind of have had the most creative control. They did kind of the weirdest things with them. They're starting to experiment and get weirder again, but but that was kind of the period. Um, and I think it shows in all of those movies, and I think... Uh, I think making the brave choice to be like, no, we're going to have a rat who doesn't talk that much. And it's a movie basically about cooking. Mm -hmm. They're going to say adult words occasionally and drink wine and be in France and all of that stuff. And it's going to be one of the best movies. And them's the breaks. Yeah. That's one thing that really makes it work is the fact that they don't talk because this movie is not really about their relationship like that's definitely part of it but i think there's an alternate version of this movie that i don't think would be as good which is about a rat and a human learning to be friends even though they're from different worlds and that's not what this movie is about it's instead about a rat who decides he wants to be the greatest chef in paris and he does that thing and then there's that line where like when he's running away he's running back to the restaurant to help um to help linguini and he says something to his dad, like, I need, like, they need my help. And his dad goes, why do you care? And I think in the less good version of this movie, he would have said something like, because Linguini is my friend. But instead he says, because I'm a cook. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I literally, like, pumped my fist at that yeah. moment because I just love that this movie is about a rat who decides he wants to become a cook. And that is what the emotional core of the movie is. It's not based on his relationship Mm. with Linguini, even though that is somewhat important to the movie. Yeah, I think it's, this movie is a lot about communication, right? So it's Mm -hmm. about kind of the nonverbal communication that Linguini and Remy have to learn together. But it is also kind of like communicating through your art is kind of what it's about. So it's like Remy communicates what he finds good in the world by being a chef. Ego communicates his outlook on everything through his, um, through his criticism and through his like review and stuff. And it's about kind of, I mean, it's a very Brad Bird move of ways to like be about kind of the creative process and, Mm-hmm. artistic integrity being the like most important element of that um it's <laughs> i don't know i it, it, this is one of those movies where like I, i'll have a thought and then my only punctuation is it's good yeah <laughs> because yeah. Th- like that's kind of the ultimate thesis statement to me i relate to that a lot i also just had a bit of an epiphany i think maybe we've stumbled into something that could be another potential um I don't know what what the word is, but how how I talked about like father son relationships is something that gets me a lot. Um, I think this mm-hmm. very thing of like someone setting out to do a crazy thing and everyone says they can't do it, and then they prove everyone wrong and they do it. I think that is a thing too that is very effective for me because um, this is going to sound very silly, but the, uh, the the thing that the piece of visual media. 
that has I think brought me the close the closest to crying is probably Naruto, an anime, just like Ratatouille right. is an anime. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yes, they're all that anime. is about a kid who wants to become the greatest ninja of all time, and he does, and it takes him years. Right. And I'm like, spoiler alert: Naruto is the greatest ninja of all time. And like that, I remember watching right. that show on my laptop in college and being like, "This is incredible." He's doing it. And I, I, it's the same feeling I get when I see Ratat- or Ratatouille. His name's not Ratatouille. Right. His name is the Disney rat. His, not, his name's not Ratatouille. His, <laughs> fine. Yes, he's the Disney rat. He's the Disney um, rat, Because there Remy. is a Disney mouse. <laughs> yes. Um, what if we replace the statue of Walt Disney and Mickey with with Remy and he's holding Walt Disney's hand? It, I, I, ugh, don't ask me that question. <laughs> that would make me very sad. I'm gonna do it. Uh, I love Mickey. <laughs> You're gonna do it. No, no, no. You you have the Walt and um Remy statue, or the Walt and Mickey statue, and uh-huh. then a little further down. I was gonna. I, I was thinking of like, oh, who started Pixar? John Lasseter. You can't put a statue of him no, up. So maybe you do Brad Bird holding. <laughs> Brad Bird holding Remy's hand. Just yes, and, and Remy's down. just like dangling because he's actually the size of a rat. So right, it looks like his arm's about to tear off. <laughs> right. Do you know at Disney World in Epcot? Um, my wife pointed this out to me because she wants to get it desperately. You can like, there's in the one of the stores, you can buy this thing that goes on your shoulder and then you like attach a like stuffed Remy plush to it. So you can just walk around with little chef on your shoulder all day. Like that's fun. That's very good. We, and we, I would we'd like love to, to see it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we would, we, we'd love to see Remy. Um, no, I, I completely get the, the accomplish the goal thing. Um, how do you feel about Pokemon? Cause that's kind of, Ash's thing. The problem yeah. is Ash kind of sucks, and does, <laughs> is, it takes him. He's not that good. Yeah, Naruto also sucks at first, and then he stops sucking, which is when it becomes great. But um, I, I think right. if, if I watched Pokemon all the way through, I probably would. It would probably be very effective for me. But I've never watched all the way through yeah. that show the way I did Naruto. I got through the first season of that show, and I was like, "That's enough for me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, same. Just because it, I mean, and, it, and Naruto has like consequences. People die and stuff. Right, 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 right. It's uh, it's intense. It's not fluffy Pikachu's. Um, yeah. Ash dies in Pokemon the first movie. He just comes back. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of relate to that too. Um, th- one of the hardest I've ever cried potentially spoiler for another episode I don't know if we're ever going to get to this movie or not um, but one of the hardest I've ever cried during a movie was La La Land and it was after the fact and it was just the fact of Emma Stone finally reaching her goal sacrificing mm-hmm. her relationships along the way but she finally had the you know had her goal and I just psh, tears um so yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that, and it's better when it is animated and it's a little chef, um, mm-hmm. and he he gets his own restaurant. He calls it Ratatouille, um, which is good. Um, yeah. And it, another credit I would give this movie is the fact that he cooks Ratatouille at the end, which seems like so obvious and eye rolling because it's like oh he's a rat and Ratatouille, but it it's it works and it's a beautiful moment, and mm-hmm. I don't really care how. Kind of like that. That could have been really corny in um, someone else's hands. I think. Yeah, agreed. 
It's a good good flick. Good flick. It doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's good or not. The big question is whether or not we cried. So yeah. quick reminder of what we qualify as a cry. That means a tear falls down our cheek. Mm-hmm. So Eli, did you cry? I did not cry in the film Ratatouille. Um, and I'm not particularly surprised about that just because I, I've seen this movie so many times and yeah. I've never cried. So, But it does, ma- it, it does like make me feel like I could see how a human being could cry at this <laughs> every time I every time right. I watch it. That sounded like an alien, but so that's why I picked it. But nope, didn't do it this time. <laughs> yeah, I shocker also did not cry. Again, Ooh. it's one of those things where I have seen this movie so many times. Mm-hmm. Um I really, really like it. But it's interesting because like what we were just talking about is the like seeing people achieve their goals like sometimes can really elicit a strong emotional reaction from me and sometimes I cry for that but often I'm just I have feelings you know like mm-hmm. in my chest and you know but it but it doesn't always translate to tears and that's kind of one of these uh, cases where I'm like I'm so happy for Remy but I didn't necessarily cry but but I do I, I could see where people do mm-hmm. and that is when we talk about cry points. What would you say are kind of the cry points in this movie where you think people would cry? So here's the thing. Even though I was the one who said I, we should do this because it brings me close to crying, there really is only one cry point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the end of the movie because yep. it is the culmination of that very thing we're talking about. It is the moment. Uh, it is specifically the line from uh anton ego when he says after his review which him reading the review that whole sequence is incredible because mm-hmm. you're just on the edge of your seat because you're like what is this guy gonna say because he doesn't give away his reaction when they're explaining the rat thing to him and it, and it's not really clear right. what's happening during the review and when he gets to the point in the review where he says who is in my opinion nothing less than the finest chef in paris that is when i'm like oh <laughs> I can't believe right. it. He's a rat. And and He's it shows rat. Remy like looking out over Paris and there's the Eiffel Tower right when he says that line. That mm-hmm. line is really the one cry point for me. What about you? Yeah. I I, I definitely agree with that. Um it, it is the ending. So so basically I kind of identified four but they're all around that ending point. So it's mm-hmm. so it's when Remy's dad kind of tells him he believes in him which is right before he goes to make the dish. You know, that, that, that could be a moment. Um, yeah. Ego tasting the dish, and you get that, like, flash, that wordless flashback, which I think is so effective. Yeah. Because it shows kind of how it how it is to be nostalgic about something and to be, like, placed back. I had thought for years that he tasted the ratatouille, and it reminded him of, like, his mom's ratatouille or whatever. Uh-huh. I noticed on this watch, it's not ratatouille that he's eating in the flashback. He's eating some other dish. Are you sure? Um, I think I thought that ratatouille could look could take so many different forms, and that was a different style of ratatouille. Here's the thing. What What's the thing? I, I I'm no expert on French cuisine. <laughs> 
So, but I, I, I gave it the generous read of like, okay, so it's not Ratatouille, but it is still evoking that feeling of childhood and the yeah. eating with his mom. And to me, that's almost more effective if it's not Ratatouille. It is just, it put him in that mindset. Yeah. Either way, it works. I, I think it works still the other way too. I, I think you're mm-hmm. right that that's what the point is. But also because like when Colette originally, when he says we're making Ratatouille, she's like, really? It's like, what does she say? It's like a peasant's dish or something. And like it's a peasant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, but because it's a peasant's dish that he had as a boy growing up, it was available. It was able mm-hmm. to evoke those feelings in him. I think it works either way. But yeah, you might be right. I I, I don't know for sure. Um, but it's it, it's it's a good moment. Um, the other one, like you said, is the review, and then the success at the end, where you see him have his like restaurant and his dad's like bragging on him, and everything's mm-hmm. just working out perfectly. I, c- I I could see some tears maybe falling there. Yeah, um, I didn't even think going into this about the fact that it does have kind of that father and son relationship, it, the High School Musical dynamic that I have referred to before. It like, does. It, it definitely. I didn't does. think about that, but um, that's not really the point though <laughs> so that that's not really or, the no way I it's, think not, it. it's not it's not because he's not doing it for his dad he's um, very much doing it for himself but doing it for himself which i think is kind of a powerful thing in of itself mm-hmm. um question about that high school musical dynamic do you cry at all the tiktoks that are recreating the uh uh, <laughs> the uh, she, she she's not just a girl. Her name is Gabriella, <laughs> or whatever. And the dad is like, "But you're not just some guy." I don't remember exact quotes for High School Musical, but that yes, is a TikTok I do. trend, and it makes me laugh. I do cry at that every time, and uh, I'm glad that TikToks don't count for this. What if we did have an entire episode on one TikTok? I feel <laughs> like that'd be pretty insufferable, right? Yeah, it'd be pretty bad. So neither one of us cried. So Ratatouille is a failure that should be thrown in the trash, correct? Yes. <laughs> yes, we're throwing it away. It is out of the cry canon. It's a bad movie. We hate it. It's about rats. Yucky, yucky, gross. We gross. hate it. Yucky, yucky, gross. Um, I Here's the thing. I did see it so long ago that I couldn't tell you if I cried the first time either. Because I, I was like in seventh grade, so I don't know if I was like, or eighth. One of the two. Um, I don't know if I was trying to be cool and not cry whenever I saw it, or if I even saw it as soon as it come out. I came out. Yeah. I don't really remember. I remember um, my exact theater experience with this movie. I saw it with some friends from school, and um, one of them, we got some popcorn to share, and the guy sitting next to me was holding the popcorn, and he kept, he would eat some popcorn and he would lick all of his fingers and then stick his hand back into the popcorn and it made me so angry and that's what i was thinking about throughout the entire movie (laughs) so so you didn't get the full experience no not until i bought it on dvd you're like i'm watching this movie about the beauty of food and here's someone sitting next to me just absolutely ruining food for me at the same time um yeah and that was pre-covid time imagine like you go to the movies with a friend like in a couple weeks couple months couple years whatever people are comfortable with and your friend just sticks their hand in it chomps it under their mask but then you see them like digging underneath their mask and just like licking on each one of their uh fingers that i mean i'm not going to the movie theater with jonathan groff (laughs) (laughs) 
True. What? Well, I have heard that is how they tested all of the movie theaters to see if they were safe to open. Mm-hmm. They just would bring people in, and then they would have Jonathan Groff sit behind them or sit like a seat away from him and have him just like eject his spit and see if it landed on people. And that's yeah. how they decided it was uh, safe to reopen. It's that's uh, a good, uh, good it's, way to it's do the it. Groff principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So Ratatouille, it's a good movie. We love it. We both gave it five stars, I believe. I did give this movie five stars. That's because it's perfect. It's a perfect film. We found some other reviews on Letterboxd, and we also ran to our producers, a.k.a. the co-hosts of our other show who don't watch these crime movies with us, uh, to see their thoughts on this movie. So let's start with people we don't know from the internet. Uh, someone named Sarah on Letterboxd gave it four and a half stars and asked the very compelling question, who kills rats with a gun? Mm. Eli, do you have an answer? Uh, my old roommates did once, so. No way. It was a BB gun, though. Okay. Yeah. I mean. It was a whole thing. The old lady is using a shotgun yeah. in the beginning of this movie. Um, Which is probably a better idea than a BB gun. Yes, except it clearly destroys her entire house, uh, which is not great. Um, But, you know, you know what they say. French old ladies love their shotguns to to kill kill rats rats with with guns. Right. Uh, Someone named Hunter Strawberry on Letterboxd also gave it four and a half stars and said, imagine how angry the rat that controls Gordon Ramsay must be all the time. Which I thought was... (laughs) funny um mm-hmm. Aaliyah gave it four stars and said sometimes a rat will simply a tui uh mm. just gotta i felt that i felt that uh that is sending me um etc uh luke on letterbox gave it a half star i always gotta find the dissenting opinion and said no i agree with the antagonist no rats in the kitchen um, Luke makes a compelling argument. He makes a compelling argument. This was actually kind of a theme that I saw um, when I, you know, sorted by Lois first. A lot of people were just complaining about how gross rats were or gross that rats were in the kitchen. And I was like, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, yeah, I don't want a real rat. It's fiction. I like bugs life. I hate bugs. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was a common complaint that I saw. Um, hopping into producer reviews, we're going to start with Mark, uh, who is a villain of um, this animated movie by giving it three and a half stars, but it's okay. Uh, we forgive him somewhat. Uh, he said, the only thing that makes me cry in this movie are the OSHA violations. Um, also, that time that I actually ate ratatouille, and it was just vegetables and not even good vegetables. <sighs> so Mark sucks. <laughs> We hate him. <laughs> uh, we hate him, but we love him. Um, I feel like I would fall in the same trap. If they had Ratatouille like on the menu at like Remy's on like the Disney cruise ship or something, I'd be like, okay, I got to have that. That's what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. And then I would be really disappointed because um, I don't like vegetables. I'm 26. <laughs> I was born in the 90s. Yeah. Only 90s kids will remember hating vegetables. Um mm-hmm. I will say, though, we were, I did go on the Disney cruise for my honeymoon about a year or so ago, and there was a special drink at one of the restaurants, and um, we ordered it because 
and then come to find out it was a kid's drink, but we ordered it because we wanted it. But it was like this very like fruity, really good drink. But the inside of it was like a straw that had Remy like holding on to the top of it. So like it's a Remy mm. like straw spoon thing. Uh, and we ordered that simply because Remy was on it. So I would fall prey to the Ratatouille mistake, I think. He's the Disney rat. He's... He's the Disney rat. I th- every time you say that, I like my like Sonic the Hedgehog like needles like flare <laughs> up, and I'm like, no, no, okay, but because I'm like, I'm like, no, Mickey, wait, Mickey's a mouse. Well, no, <laughs> Remy Mi- is the rat. That's fine. Remy no. is the Disney rat, and Mickey no. rat is the second Disney rat. Mickey, Mickey is a mouse. <laughs> Mickey is a mouse. There's enough room for the two of them because they both are very small. Hey, what is, I don't know if I should derail this, but I, what is Goofy? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I mean, you mean the, the classic, like, he's a dog, but Pluto's also a dog, so why can he talk, but Pluto's a pet? Yeah, just a lot to think about. Yeah. I don't know, Goofy's a goof. Um, he is he pretty goofy. I am know. I am H-O. So another producer, Chad, he didn't give it any stars on Letterboxd, but he marked it as watched. Um, he said, a rat cooking dinner. Now I've seen everything. He, I have not watched this movie in full since it was in theaters. So, unfortunately, Chad is also on the villain list for this yeah, week. We hate Chad. We do not like him. We do not stand. <laughs> we do love Chad. We do stand. But we also do hate Chad and do not stand. Clint, let's see if Clint can redeem the producers. He did give it five stars. Good start. Good start. Um, he said, in high school, anytime our Bible teacher ran out of things to teach us or just didn't feel like teaching, he would turn on Ratatouille. To me, this movie is Christian. Also, this movie does indeed make me cry. This little rat tries so hard and his hard work pays off. I will eat at this boy's restaurant. That- All right, Clint, you made it into yeah. the non-villains list for this we week. We don't hate Clint. He He's okay. He, we have no choice but to stand. Um... Yeah, that's that's interesting about those those high school movies that would just be willed in. I think any movie that I had thrust upon me in the high school setting, I don't know that I would cry at because I'd be too busy like trying to be tough. Yeah, um, at school, I had this same teacher that Clint mentioned in his review, and um, I only remember watching Over the Hedge in his class, so I feel a little bit. Um, disappointed uh, betrayed yeah because <laughs> over the wait you love over the hedge over the hedge you? rules but it's not it's not ratatouille ratatouille is ratatouille is a perfect mm. movie over the hedge is a fun movie mm, that's a debate for another day but to be fair i have not seen that movie in over a decade but i remember at the time being like mm, no thank you yeah, you were wrong uh, well mm, i've never been in my entire life so i find that hard to believe no um what is that the one they have like six secret sequels to uh, there's one of those DreamWorks movies that has so many sequels, and I'm always shocked. No, that's Open Season, I think. Open Season is exactly the movie I was thinking about. Yes. yes. There's like six of them that went straight to DVD, and nobody heard about it. Yep. Um, strange. Strange times. Um, yeah, this movie is good, and uh, Clint, I have great news for you. You can eat at this boy's restaurant. It's called Remy's, and it's on disney cruise ship but i would say <laughs> do not go on a cruise for the foreseeable future yeah, uh, seems right like now. the most dangerous place to be mm-hmm. yeah um so eli mm-hmm. you want to tell people where they can find you 
Yeah, you can find it on my podcast, which is called Purely Nostalgia. We talk about kids' movies and stuff like that. You uh, might be listening to it on your on that feed right now, but you might not. So check that out. It's where all of the podcasts tend to be, <laughs> I think. I hope. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter <laughs> at <laughs> Elisha P. Smith. You can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore. You can find my show either in the feed you're listening to, or you can hop over and find Best Pictures. Um, it's a good show. Um, yeah, and listen to both of our shows. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. what um, I think we just talked about the prestige on our show and we're about to talk about the departed Eli you guys are about to talk about the left behind movies or either that episode just came out timing is hard with this I can never figure out exactly when it's going to land but um, I think this may fall directly in between your two left behind episodes which is uh, fun which is fun Um, Eli yes did you live and let cry? No, I did not live and let cry in the year 2020 in the month of August. Cody, did you live and let cry? <laughs> I did not live and let cry in August 2020. But that's okay. There's always another day. And until next time, we urge you to live and let cry.